Hi, welcome to Agora Community Radio, the podcast for artists in the animation industry who want to listen and learn on the go. This episode is from our Q&A sessions, where David and Brent answer questions from the audience and also any questions from our social media followers. You can always head on over to our website, agora.community, to watch the full video, or if you just want to listen to what we think are the most interesting bits and pieces of these conversations, you can listen to the Agora Bytes clips on this channel. And now, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Hey, how you doing, everybody? Welcome back to another live Q&A with uh, David Uber and myself. Um, I um, <clears throat> feel like I had something kind of interesting to say, but I, I can't remember what it was. Oh, yeah, I remember what I was going to say. For those of who who who, uh, who noticed that I have a habit of not shutting down streams at the end of my streams, uh, that was it. Was, so funny story. The last time, just on Sunday, we I uh, we we do the 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 live uh, reviews that we do. Like, there's uh, the three kind of lottery kind of um um. Uh, you know, people are signing up from the Agora community, and three of people get ch uh, chosen out of the people who submit their work to be to be reviewed. I do this every Sunday evening, uh, ten thirty p.m. Eastern Standard. Anyways, just last, and this is not the first time this has happened, but this one was special for us, very very interesting reason. I for, I sometimes turn off. I I, I kind of shut down the the. Um, my camera, but I, I forget to end the stream. So that happened again. And uh, Crab Nuts is usually the one that, that <laughs> calls in the, uh, the, uh, the, the alarm and, and lets us know that I forgot. But this time I did notice, but it was about two hours afterwards. But lo and behold, I show up and there was about 12 of you still in there chatting and apparently grinding loyalty points from my Twitch channel, which I just about died when I found out. It was really funny. So good one. You got me. Good, good stuff. Um, they'll teach me, I guess, to uh, not shut my streams down. So let's bring in David so he can laugh at me too. Here we go. Hello, David. That's an amazing story. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what are you guys still doing in here? They're like, uh, obviously, we're just grinding your loyalty points. Man, we've got two, good two hours worth of just watching uh, your your channel with nothing but just like a, a, a text on the screen. That's so funny. Crab Nuts was there. I, I think both Tabitha and Veronica were both there. And they just been, I watched, I scrolled up. They were just shooting the shit the entire time. It was funny. <laughs> Oh man. Uh, awesome. The things, the things that happen when you uh you know when you're yeah. when when you're out, you know. It's like <laughs> I felt like it was like, you know, it's like when you leave the kids in the car and you're like, don't touch anything, and you come back and the radio's full blast, the windows are all down. Yeah. There's a dead cat in the front seat. We don't know how that got there, but you know, crazy things. So um we yeah, have you, oh, go ahead, you go should ahead. do an experiment. You you should just randomly let it run again and <laughs> let, let's see <laughs> who's Who's the survivor of this? Yeah, not a bad idea. Oh, 18 hours, still going. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Right. Oh, what? Sorry. So some of you had to go to sleep, you big babies. Don't have what it takes. Oh, look at, look at Zantite is like on it wow. with a question. Like she, like right up the gates. <laughs> she's not wasting any time. Um, okay. So what do you want to do? We should start with that, I guess, because I mean, uh, eager let's beaver, right? Start with that. I Early mean, you, bird you gets have the worm. To give credits where credits you have is due. To. So let's, you have let's to do it. There is that. My second one will definitely be from the archive because I promised Scott because he uh, he has a habit of uh, dropping the to get the hype up. He uses uh, one of the one of the first questions in the um, the backlog to advertise the Q and A. So we'll do that one next. 
Okay, so what are the studios with the best working conditions you know of? For example, flexible hours, except uh, remote work, paid overtime, social advantages, stable job, good pay, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Making wow. us pick favorites. Yeah. Yeah, that's a tough question. And I mean, we can only answer the, this question with the knowledge that we have, which means that we do not yeah. know the conditions of every studio on the uh, on the planet um, and when we're talking about accepting accepting uh, remote uh, and all that I mean this obviously is going yeah. to change a lot yeah uh, in the because um, you know I, I'm going to provide a, a, a example of a studio brand that we worked uh, at in the past uh, ADOS Montreal yep. that they had a policy of accepting Absolutely. remote remote work yep um, and this is before the pandemic yeah that was be before the pandemic that was actually like way uh, before five six seven, yeah, yeah, yeah. seven years ago so way ahead of their time for sure yeah uh, uh, definitely but my point is that it's not because it was a initiative that was pushed and encouraged by uh, uh, by the studio and by the way when we said uh when we're talking about remote work here it's not like full time you can work from from home no, it's no, more no. like well you have a medical appointment it's fine yeah, you're sick exactly. your 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 kid is is sick you're you're at home and you know you don't have much to do anyway. Yep. It's fine. You can totally. It was like an exceptional like, thing, not for long yeah. term. Uh, maybe it went up to let's say two days a week because I yeah. do three hours of commuting. And it makes exactly. no, no, no sense. So it was not full on remote. It, it's just as, yeah. yes, we are flexible. But even and Ada's or uh, Montreal had uh, has, was a studio of maybe I don't know 450, 500 uh, Something employees. Like that. Yeah, medium so, size uh, studio. Uh, yeah, medium medium-sized studio but even within the studio it, it kind of depend a little bit of the the, the team that you are on so yeah, it's not because sure. the studio is saying we no. are open for that and we're going to uh, um, you know incentivize the different production if you happen to be working for a producer or project manager and this is not just an uh, ADAS, this is this is in all studio even within those uh, big or medium studio it really depends what project you're on totally. what team you're, you're on so and again I, i'm just uh putting this as an introduction to say even if there's some studio that we mentioned that uh mm -hmm. we had great experience at it's totally possible that someone else yeah. on another team a few totally. years before after yeah, had a yeah, completely yeah. different experience so yeah. we cannot generalize this yeah uh, yeah sure. i agree with that it, it, it i mean I, and i'll be open to say it I, I don't like talking specific about specific studios but like big studios okay i've worked at a couple and they are uh it is like its own ecosystem like with its own little mini ecosystems like those projects uh so, so i know people that work at some of these big studios that completely love their experience and then i know people at the same studio on a different project that, that literally think that that studio is completely broken. So it really like your your mileage will always vary at the bigger studios for sure. The, if you want a more consistent experience for sure, the smaller studios, um, the in, independent studios especially, because everyone knows each other on those studios. So it would be very weird for you to have a completely different. Oh, I mean, everyone has different expectations as well, right? So it's, it's a hard one to it's a hard one to nail down. I know we're kind of being dodgy on the topic here, but it really is difficult. Like it's a it's a very a great deal matter of an opinion. Um, yeah. I would recommend like there's there's a there's a pretty good website out there called is it called Glassdoor? Uh, 
there's a there's a really good um, um, website that I think it's called Glassdoor. I have to do. And someone in chat might be able to back me up on this. And it is literally a um, an online sort of uh, library of play, uh, places that you could work. Like in some of them, like and this is everywhere. It's not just game studios and animation studios. It's the whole gamut of different companies, and it's people rating their places of work on these exact things. So yeah. there are some websites that are popping up that are kind of trying to do their best to have like anonymous reporting of the conditions. But again, you're going to see wildly different opinions. Um, Glassdoor. Okay, good. Super useful. I think it's it's a good place to start at least. Cause if you get, if you're looking at a company and you do a little homework and it's like nothing, got nothing about red flags, probably one to avoid, but don't mm -hmm. be surprised. You're going to see some that are going to have glowing reviews. And then like, on the other end of the spectrum, people are going to just want to burn the studio down. It's just the way it is, unfortunately, because different experiences, different personalities, bad chemistry, good chemistry, you name it. Yeah. Um, I'm going to dive in and say that probably my best working experience and for one of the studio that had one of the best reputation of how good they were with their, their employee uh, was working at DreamWorks. Uh, honestly, this... If we're talking about the social advantage that they are providing, the, uh, the 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 salaries that they were uh, uh, providing, uh, I mean, stable job for, I think most animators, it was a three-year contract from from the get-go, mm -hmm. um, and you know just everything that they, they, they were providing. I mean, the, the free food all day long and, and all that. I know that it. Um, obviously, the, the studio has been under different management and it and it changed. I'm pretty sure that most of the good stuff that that, that was back in the days is is still there. Um, but yeah, I, I would for me, I would definitely put DreamWorks, and this is also the reputation that it had <laughs> uh, at the time. I, I would put it uh, up there with um, a few others. That that's for sure. Yeah, I've I've you're not the only one I've heard that. Um, heard her say that. I think um, I, I hear a lot of really great things about Pixar as well. I mean, they, they seem to treat like when you're at that if, when you're at that echelon or that upper echelon of studio, like in your destination studios, it's yeah. not always true. It's not always true. But often they know that you if you're good enough to work for them, that you are marketable, like you don't have to work for them. And so that what happens is they start, you know, developing the attitude of they, they have no choice. If they want to stay competitive, they have to be super competitive with the conditions and the policies that they actually present. Um, because otherwise, you're just going to walk. You're going to be like, OK, well, no, I'm going to go over here because it's way better. Yeah. So yeah. that you'll find that usually the studios in that in the same kind of tier are going to be, uh, especially in down, down in an area where there's a lot of competition. So mm -hmm. that's another thing to consider. If you go to a city or at least they're looking at a city uh, that have a lot of studios, that's where you're usually going to find the best conditions because they have no choice because mm -hmm. otherwise they will lose all of their employees to the studio. The one studio that's in town that says, you know what, we're going to just have very progressive policies here and uh, we're going to pay people really well. And, uh, you know, but unfortunately it doesn't always come as a full package. Sometimes you'll see a new studio roll in a town and then they just offer a lot of money. And mm -hmm. what you'll see happen is it'll be a vacuum and it'll pull people from all these different studios and then it employs because all they had was money to offer they didn't have very good policies they didn't have a very good structure they just and so money only lasts so long before people are like they kind of lose their appetite and then they look for better conditions so yeah. that's something to look out for too 
Yeah, uh, I would agree. And, and you know, when we're talking, let's in the Los Angeles area that you had, I mean, close by, you had DreamWorks, you had uh, uh, Disney, Sony was yeah. not very far in, in Culver City. They're all great to, to, studio to work on, but there are some differences here. There, uh, yeah. Sony, for instance, most of my friends that were wor working there, great conditions, mm -hmm. but compared to DreamWorks who were offering like a three-year uh, uh, deal, they were often going one movie at a time. So your mm. contract is going to yeah. end at the end of the, if you're- Some people like that. Yeah, exactly. So it, it's not that it's a better or worse, it's just a different, different. way. So you, yeah. you kind of choose, you know, uh, yeah. based on those yeah. uh, different- uh, And to, to be clear, some people stay there for years. It's just that they just okay. renew every year. Like yeah. it's just, it's not, it gives you the option. And it's, it's sometimes nice and when you, cause again, when you're, you're at that level of an animator and you, 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 you sometimes want to be, it's not the studio you want to work for. It's more the project. And so by working on a project that you really like, it's kind of nice to be able to have no strings attached at the end. And you could you like, wow, you got another project and I got the director who wants me to work on the project. looks really exciting. Yeah, I'll take it. I'll stay. Or they're like, well, you know, like DreamWorks looks like that. I'd really like to work on the next, you know, Madagascar. And then they go. And so it's, um, it's, it's kind of nice when you can be in an area where you have choice. And yeah. um, that's, I think, the best advice that I can give you on the topic, because even even the, 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 you know, the situation can change. I mean, what was interesting, this whole pandemic is very interesting and it will continue to be interesting as we watch studios start to open back up um, is just watching how that changes the dynamic, because all it takes is a studio that might have been at the top rankings of good conditions might just suddenly fall down to the bottom because they're unwilling to change and have more flexible working conditions for the you know post-pandemic world we live in. Who knows? Mm -hmm. So yeah. pay attention. Um, just don't, don't be afraid to ask all the right questions at the interview. Yeah. Uh, as as for paid overtime, th that's an interesting question. I'm really under the impression that, uh, I mean, don't, I don't want to date ourselves, but when Brent and I started, uh, <laughs> paid overtime was a luxury that, uh, that not that many studios were uh, offering. I feel that now in North America, I'm under the impression that it, it isn't really the, the, the case anymore. Uh, there's different way to approach it. There's yeah. some studios that are going to pay like... Uh, pay time uh, in lieu? No, uh, yeah. Meaning, but yeah like you get time off instead of pay, right? Yeah, exactly. So they're going to repay uh, uh, with a vacation. There's some studios that are going to give you the same salary. Others, it will be one fifty percent more than uh, your salary. Um, and, and, you know, and there may be some studios that say, you know what, we cannot pay for more than 40 hours so please after 40 hours leave and go home and, and i'm i can assume that there's some people that are willingly providing their overtime without the, letting yeah. the management know and they don't log their hours for me this is doesn't really qualify as unpaid overtime mm -hmm. unpaid overtime is basically you're politely requested can you please stay and continue but we won't be able to pay those extra uh, yeah. hours. This is yeah. what uh, unpaid uh, overtime is for. So I am under the impression that the vast majority of studio now I would in agree. North it's America and most probably Europe uh, as well, I would be uh, assuming the vast majority are paying uh, overtime. Uh, but I'd be very interested to, to see what is the percentage per country. Yeah. Uh, I'll be very interested to have this, uh, this data. Because as something that mm -hmm. used to be more accepted when there was, you know, yeah. not a lot of studio and a lot of people that were trying to have work, 
the dynamic completely completely changed mm -hmm. today, and I, I feel that unpaid overtime is very frowned upon. <clears throat> yeah, um, it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a it's definitely a dying breed, thankfully. But I agree with David. But when we started, it was it was like the wild west. Um, Sergey, mm -hmm. I saw your comment there. I think what I was the point I was making is that when you're probably if you're an animator down in the Bay Area, there a lot and the one a lot of the ones I know they are they do bounce around from 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 studio to studio quite a bit. It's not everybody. Some people prefer to work with a consistent crowd, people that they respect and like. But but a lot of them the the crowd isn't not contained to one complete one singular company. In my opinion, I think it's like they get used to just you know you they move to another company on a different project and there's a bunch of friends that they worked with before on another project. And so I I it really depends. It, it completely depends on you. Some people, um, I I think that the older you get the more likely you are to think what like what sergey just put down there and, and you mm -hmm. stop caring a little bit about the projects because you're like okay you know what i'm not a young kid anymore i think what i need is to be working around a bunch of adults and i'm kind of tired of working around a bunch of people that are just like hot shot egomaniacs i'm just done with that i'd rather just work with a bunch of people that i have fun with that i can collaborate yeah. with and um and i'll enjoy my day going to the studio that becomes a much much more important thing over the years i find but young young animators are a little less um focused on that because they don't have necessarily the life experience or the career experience to feel like that yet they're mm -hmm. just chasing after the exciting projects at least i find that on average that's usually the way it works and i sound like a jaded old man saying this but i mean i don't know and everyone's different i mean there's some young young people that come out of the uh out of the schools that are uh, that are already kind of a bit more conscientious about the conditions and the type of people that we're working with like xanatite here i mean if she's asking questions like this is obviously because she's she's looking before she jumps right yeah yeah i would say you probably out of school you take any good opportunity that is coming your way and i agree that later on it's more like yeah. the conditions and who am i going to 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 work with and i think there's this part maybe when you're a junior mid mid level that it's a combination of many things what is the position that they're looking uh, for what are the conditions that are coming with it like the salary the advantage all of that who am i going to work with who what is the studio is it a big renowned studio where i can uh, uh use as a um you know as a stepping stone in, in my career what project is it so i think there's there must be like 10 different parameters and everyone is oh, yeah. uh, a bit more sensible to one or or, or the other yeah but yeah I, I do agree when i feel that when you reach 15 20 years ex experience it's not that you've done all the kind and maybe there's something on your list that you really want to do that you haven't done and you're going to go for that that project but you become a, a bit less uh, uh how can i say excited yeah. by projects specifically because you feel that you've yeah. experienced a little bit That's of it. everything it. and and you do realize that yeah the people around you have a big part of so yeah. the studio culture and your team might be favored later on yeah like i always say not my first rodeo like if after a while you've kind of like you've seen it all and it's like it just becomes like can we just can i just work on a project which is not have stupid over time and has a bunch of people that are not just driven only by their ego like these become so much more important to you because you just the other stuff gets really old you know so yeah. old yeah. Um, so I'm sorry we didn't really directly answer your questions on like uh, like giving you a list. Um, I, I just I don't want to pick favorites. And besides, I also I mean I could give you advice on a studio that um, that I I myself really liked or I know a lot of other people liked, but may not 
be the same for you. You never really know. If you are specifically curious about some, you know, specific studios, I've heard a lot of good things about, then you can, you can send me a message uh, privately and we can talk. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We got another uh, question up here. Uh, the first one that Scott wanted us to ask, which is, I got to give you points for this name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> asked, how can my body mechanics improve? Well, let me give you the first tip is it's, it's left, then right, then left, <laughs> then right, then left. And you, you guessed it right after that. That's a big question, my friend. How can I, I think this is obviously a very, very, very relative term because i don't know what your body mechanics currently look like yeah um, so should we assuming it's an animator that wants to know I, I how to so. improve his I hope so. body mechanics animation or like maybe somebody who had some sort of like suffered a head injury and forgot how to walk it could be either one maybe why not both why can't it be both <laughs> um uh go ahead uh, all right, let's let's uh, let, let, let's try with uh, this one. I mean, on my side, <laughs> full disclaimer: I've I've really enjoyed my career as an animator, but I've not been animating myself for <laughs> ten years you now. Forgot. I've not been teaching for five years, and I've not been supervising for three years. Uh, so all of what I'm going to <laughs> is. Past memories of uh, uh, David, the animator, the <laughs> oh, uh, teacher, and the uh, uh, supervisor. I would say for me, one of the there's a lot of things that I just did kind of. I don't want to. I don't want to say randomly, but intuitively. And it's really when I started to teach, or rather, my preparation of teaching. I was like, mm-hmm. all right, I need to tell those kids how to make it work and why that's a good way. So I basically had to inverse engineer a lot of the things that I was uh, doing just to say how I cannot just say, just do that and it's going to work because obviously look, it, it, it's working. Uh, and this is when I, I discovered something uh, uh, which is basically the uh, Newton's second law of motion mm. uh, or just inertia in general. Yeah, something, so something that doesn't move wants to stay still yes. and something that is in motion wants to continue to move. Yes, it does. Uh, this, I like to call uh, it the grumpy factor of a mass. The grumpy <laughs> mass. <It wasn't> like <laughs> stubborn, <laughs> stubborn little mass doesn't like to change its mind. Yeah. And so once you start to pay attention to this thing, you realize that motion is, is, is every motion is, is impacted by it. Uh, you, what is a walk? A walk is basically being slightly off balance forward and your step or keeping you in this unbalanced yep. forward. How do you start a walk? Well, you need to lean forward. You need right. to have a little bit of your weight yeah. that's going to be unbalanced and then you start to, to work. That's right. How, you run even more uh, uh, intense. If you want to break, you have to pull your weight back to be yeah. unbalanced backward for the amount of time that your center of gravity is going to come back in the uh, uh, middle point. Uh, so, and you start to just look at reference and keep this in mind. Okay, yeah. it's not moving. What is going to make it work? Oh, yeah. it's actually this leg and this arm and this is going to create the first motion and then it's off balance and now you maintain it and so that that, this is something that you cannot once you paid attention to it you Mm -hmm. cannot not see it anymore and what happens if you have a character that you like i don't know you're 
it starts to run, but it's like there's an invent, uh, 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 invisible rope that is pulling. What is that? Well, you, you just you just didn't lean forward enough to allow inertia to yep. to, to to continue. And the same thing. I, I don't know. It, it seems that my character is hitting an invisible wall. Well, it's the same reason. Uh, yep. when it's stopping. It's because you didn't lean in the yep. other direction. You need to apply force in the opposite yep. direction to make sure that it's going to come back to a <clears throat> static point. So keep this in mind and look at reference and just train your eyes to <clears throat> understand that if it That's doesn't right. move, it doesn't want to move, an external force will have to push it and the opposite is true as well. Yeah, you know it's funny because it 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 all it all comes down to perspective. And what David's ex we're talking about is is the experience he's had is similar to mine, which is it didn't start like that. For me, it was through mimicking things and just sort of trying to imitate things instead of taking a minute to friggin' understand things. Mm -hmm. The understanding part is the most important part, and I, it's a it's a big big theme in my intro class that I teach at iAnimate is I really make people stop and think about what they're doing. If if you if you think about it the basic physics like you could like literally just read up on basic like mechanical physics and you would be super super benefiting yourself when it comes to like animation because it's going to th make you aware of terms like i bring up terms like inertia and momentum all the time and some people don't even know what those things are and they're at a disadvantage because those things are uh principles that are existing around us all of the time and it is absolutely essential um to understand those for you to be able to recreate the the illusion of movement uh, of, a, of a of a of a living breathing thing um and even unbreathing things like just a car you know like you want a car that's going to screech into a halt and then it's like the idea that the, it's a chassis resting on some spring shocks that surges forward and does this after after it stops well that's just all that is that overlapping action of that upper chassis is the 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 um the mass that is the actual frame of the car wants to continue to move even, but it, it has no way of stopping immediately. It's attached to the tires through a flexible joint, which are the shocks. And so naturally it surges forward and then kind of comes back and rests uh, after jiggling around a couple of times, depending on how loose the shocks are. Basically yeah. it's like you could see that and maybe pick, put that into your work or you could know that that's what's happening and it makes it easier for you to pick these things out and make sure you're putting them in. So yeah. I would recommend reading up on basic, basic things. You don't have to know the math. You don't need to like learn calculus. You don't need to do any of that. It's just about understanding the basic principles. And there's a lot of good books out there on this. Another good thing to look at would be basic, basic mechanisms, like mechanisms like levers. And because we're just a complex set of levers, if you really think about it, right? Like, it's funny. One of the things we do in my class, we talk about a jump. Like how does, how does someone jump? Why do we, why do we squat down first before we, before we jump? Well, it's simple. We have to provide ourselves a runway. I always talk about like as a runway gives me space for my legs to straighten so that I can I have enough time to get to enough speed so that I have enough momentum of my mass. And once that momentum is there because of inertia, it would like to, it would like to continue moving up, even though there's no longer any thrust after I straighten my legs. And so if I can get, get enough momentum upwards to defeat the 9.8 newtons of pressure downwards from gravity, I will jump. Mm -hmm. And that's basically what a jump is, you know? And so there are two levers in our leg. There is the main lever in our knee, which is like our quadriceps and our, um, like down through our, 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 our shin through our, through our knee. But then there's another one, which is our calf muscle that flexes our toes straight to point down towards the ground. So you actually have two big muscles that are actually working there to jump. And, um, and to just to, just to know that and understand that will help you a lot.
Yeah. But yeah, it's a big question. And you'll, you'll be learning how to get better body mechanics all of your life. There's no doubt in my mind. Everyone's always learning this. Yeah. And, you know, le learning uh, anatomy, uh, obviously, yeah. it's going to, because Super. it's one thing to know the law of physics, but the anatomy is how the human body is, is basically the vehicle to use those those, those yeah. large physics to 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 move around totally uh, and it, it can be you know you, you can go all in and understand what muscle is flexing there might be a, a it, it might be a bit overkill but you know it's like anything mm -hmm. that you dive deep yeah. in, into eventually it just become part of your unconscious and it, you run you know you, you just happen to make the right decision you don't know why yeah. exactly but it's because you study so so much but there's also like little not tricks, but little thing. Like, you know, when you're raising your arm, I mean, I'm too much of a close up here, but basically the first 45 degree of raising, it's all of the yeah. forearm. Yes. And from 45 to 90 degree, now oh, it's when crap. the shoulder is coming in. That's so right. you know that if you do this motion, it's barely going to move. But if you go and raise it a little bit more, now it's the shoulder that has to yeah. take on from this That's point. Right. It's just one of many examples. But Still once you, you know it and yep. you see like a character that is putting mm. the the, the his arm in the air but it's actually leaded by the shoulder uh, and then it goes up you're like no 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 no. yeah, yeah. start with the arm yeah. and roughly at this angle this is when the shoulder is exactly. taking up it and it's almost always the end those yeah. tricks are working like 90 percent of the time unless okay. you have a very big weight <laughs> and then you're actually using your upper body and shoulder first to totally. get it up uh, uh afterwards uh, but just learn where, how this, you know, so true. vehicle is, is moving. So you understand the physics of it you, and then you understand, and you know, that's the same thing with quadruped. How are these yeah. scapula working? Con what, what is, you know, the, the, the gates, um, that's, and it's all super interesting. Same thing for, for flying. How is the wing re uh, doing the least amount of friction on the way up and the maximum mm -hmm. amount of friction with the air uh, uh, on the way down. Yeah. It, uh, I think it's one of the, the cool thing with animation you can is just to learn about all yeah. of those new character and, and creature um, and observation. Observation is, you know, when we're and you know, the, the, the weight uh, is something as well that is super uh, important. And that there's one of the things that uh, when you're shooting reference, for, for instance, uh, if you need to shoot a reference with a heavy sword and you have only a small plastic sword or a eight pound weight that you can move around, Take the eight pound weight. Take whatever is going to you can grip and has the weight of water because it's it's going to affect all oh of uh, all, all the rest of the body. That is so much. such good advice. I, I I dish this advice out all around a regular basis. Your job mm -hmm. when you're shooting, shooting references to try to make it as real as possible. But when people are running around with their like fake plastic swords and thinking that it's going to look good in the end, it's like ah uh, no. It's because yeah. you're not. There's nothing there to actually examine at that point. You need to have something that resembles kind of hopefully the overall sort of shape i guess but but also some well, cases i mean ideally the volume but the weight yeah. is so the weight much is more super. important I than, totally than the volume of whatever yeah. props you are totally, uh, totally. You're, you're using um yeah yeah i agree i mean it's obviously a there's a big question i mean there's a it's a lot to talk about here like i said but uh, i think they, they just start somewhere and i think you could start with just by being observant and not taking what you're seeing for granted 
be a little bit more hungry to look deeper beyond the surface like I was doing. A lot of us start like that. It's like it's you're just doing it off of reflex and instinct, but you're not doing it like you're not. There's no there's no basis under the the, the decisions you're making. You're going to mm-hmm. probably realize this right away when you really ask yourself, like, why am I animating it like this? And if you don't know the answers because you're just you're freaking you're freaking winging it at that point. And there's another there's a reason why a lot of awkward poses happen, because if you don't understand how anatomy works, then, yeah, you're going to those. The clavicle thing is one of my biggest pet peeves underutilized or unutilized clavicles. Uh, it's like it's just so uh, like it's like really like the, the, this is the kind of thing you don't want to get caught on because it just your stuff just looks like so amateur when you do that. Yeah. So. And, and and that's the thing. Our, our eyes are trained to recognize, I mean, facial expression. Yes. And, yeah. and all that. But, you know, body mechanic that doesn't really respect the law of physics. A- anyone, even mm-hmm. non-animators yep. are like, oh, totally. there's. There's, they, they will say there's something weird because they don't have yeah. the the knowledge and the vocabulary to know exactly what's mm-hmm. going on. But everyone is going to 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 notice, That's and right. this apply uh, as much for realistic animation as stylized uh, animation uh, as well. You can probably go to the extreme mm-hmm. of stylized that it's just pure pose to pose that it starts to be a little bit more forgiving if you don't uh, apply them. Yeah, but. You know, usually stylized animation, if anything, is just exaggerating those yeah. law of motion in in, the, in action. The good stuff is, I find. I think some some animations that go too far and they don't. It's not really grounded at all with those basic rules, and they're no longer extrapolations of of like. Uh, of, of actual rules of physics, I kind of lose interest, but I'm on the, the really nice stuff usually is it's usually yeah. about like, it's like the animators are, they, like if they, if they wanted to animate something completely realistic, they could, you know, but they chose, they, they prefer this and it's much more fun. I mean, I'm not saying that old school Warner brothers stuff, like, you know, Tex Avery and Bob Clampett stuff that was really over the top. Um, some of that stuff was working just because it was all about timing and gags. And I mean, I mean, they're good. They're good for a good laugh. I don't think that they're necessarily good animation per say but i mean i'm getting technical at that point you know what i mean that's like yeah. you know i think we need a, I think we need a round of beers for me to get into that conversation because it's 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 not as simple as that might seem but um you know and i'm going to to say in some animation style that are kind of uh, very consciously not respect and go full on. I have to give a shout out to uh, some of Sony's uh, production. There are some oh, yeah. uh, like uh, Cloudy with a chance of, of Meeball. I don't remember the name of the character, but in the second movie, just the way he's working is just making no sense. But it's <laughs> but but it's perfect. It's it's yeah. embraced in, in yeah. a way that, yeah. that is working. But those are the exception. <laughs> yeah. And you know what I find too is the only way that ever works in my mind is if you set a bunch of rules that you're willing to break, you stay consistent with them. If you're consistent mm. with those breaking of the rules, as opposed to just being literally all over the map, being all over the map doesn't make any sense. But people can get kind of accustomed to a set of rules that you're clearly demonstrating and following. Then it's like, oh, okay, I get it. That's how that that's how that character moves. Okay, I buy it. Mm-hmm. But if it's all over the place it, and it doesn't s- sort of s- adhere to anything, that's when things just f- start to fall apart. And people are going to be like, mm-hmm. what? what am I looking at? Anyways, we should move on to the next one because we could literally talk all night about this. It's a big one. Thanks for the question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. uh, we have one from uh, the chat, I think from Aruanim. Yeah. Where was, uh, where was that? It's the that. third from the top. There's no Q yeah. dot dot before. Yeah. Oh, Aruanim, come on. You know better than that. Is it what the, oh, is the one, was it on a specific company? Is that what the one? When trying to join a team, this is what oh, it's... Oh, okay, third from the uh, bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, got it. All right. Elranum asks, 
when trying to join a team, who or what would you recommend first reaching out to the HR of the company? Question mark. Um, mm. uh, I guess that depends. Uh, I'm trying to thinking of an example of a moment that I did reach out to HR <clears throat> to go on a team on a pro. I, I don't remember. My, my my gut instinct tells me that no, this is definitely not <laughs> the, the, the the one that you, you that you want to to reach. Out. I'm assuming that there's different uh, scenario. I mean, let's say we have a scenario that you are in a team uh, for any reason, it's a toxic environment. You cannot stand working for your supervisor. Your supervisor happens to be the best friend of the producer. Basically, there's no one that you that you feel comfortable to bring this up. Yeah, it might be a situation that uh, HR, if you want to change project, uh, uh, it might be um, um, a good idea, but I would say m most of the time it it happens within the. Uh, ideally, you speak with your sir, you speak with uh, 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 the management team, and it's within a project. If you want to move within that production. Uh, it's usually with them that you would discuss uh, this, uh, even if you want to change project, uh, because, I mean, they're going to know anyway, right? So you don't want them to learn from HR or another producer from an other project, unless there's really is a situation like the one that I described uh, before that, that is going on. Uh, but for me, going to HR, Change team is probably a last resort. You you read this question differently than I did, which is interesting because I think it's very useful to think of it that way. You're assuming that you were working for a company you want to switch teams as opposed yes. to join. I read this as like just who should you reach out to to get a job at a company in the first place? But I mean, you could read it either way. I'll answer it like that. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that when you have when you're when you're when you're interested in working at a company, um, usually the recruiting department, which is an extension of HR, are usually the first line of defense there. They're the ones usually kind of receiving um, your emails and your submissions when you like say go to like you know recruit.idos.montreal.com or whatever. Like it's 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 gonna be um, usually them and uh, they will kind of perform some triage on it and then the ones that they think are interesting for the leads that are looking for um, uh, to fill some seats, they will send those over to be reviewed. Um, I would say that that's always a good place to start, but I think that even better is if you know somebody um, that works there is always, if you can never get an in in any shape or form, it's always, always going to be a better way of doing it. Because if you have someone kind of internally rooting for you, um, you might just fast track that, you know? Um, so I, I say networking is key because um, you never know where some of your, your friends and colleagues will end up working one day and they just might end up being your in at a company that you've always dreamt about working at. So, you know, keep it, keep it classy out there because you never know who's going to be in a position to recommend or do the opposite of recommending you to a company. Yeah. You know, no, I, I totally agree. If you're trying to work for a, a studio or join a studio, it's definitely uh, HR or the recruiting department within an HR. But if you know someone, that's even yeah, better. Yeah, for yeah sure. and don't feel bad about it. I think like you should, all, you can always just ask them about it. Like, hey, look, I, I mean, I, I saw you guys. I saw that your company just put a uh, 
um, a, uh, an ad out for looking for people, um, I'd be interested, you know, just start a conversation casually and see what they say. Like, Oh, wow. Really? Okay. Yeah. Cool. I think it's these, this, this, this team, I'm not allowed to tell you what they're working on, but, but uh, yeah, like send me your, they might even tell you, send them, send the stuff to you direct to them directly. And then maybe that'd be really cool. Cause now you're not going to, now you're kind of, you're, you're, you're jumping the queue in a way. And now you have somebody there who might just put it on. I mean, I've, I've hired people like that many times, uh, internal recommendations, are what makes the world go round at these studios. I think that honestly, uh, we always try to do that because it's 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 a bit, a bit more, it's a little bit less stressful bringing on somebody who at least has a rapport with a bunch of people that you trust on the team. Mm-hmm. Chances are that that is that person going to work out better than somebody you've never met, that you have no information on, and you're going off of only a portfolio and an interview. So, yeah, yep. it's worth a lot. It's worth a lot. Um, I'm going to put this one up because it's an interesting one and it's all one of my favorites. So let's say hypothetically, I was deep into a project with a bad setup. Is it better to restart and work cleaner or do I keep fighting the technical gods into submission? Well, my friend, um, if you ever come across the actual answer to this question, then you might save this in- the industries of animation millions and millions of dollars. <laughs> because, my friend, this question is one of those holy grail questions that uh, so many, pro- especially video game projects. Mm-hmm. The number of times I've been on a video game project and the uh, scary question comes up at some point. And it's inevitable, especially during certain cycles of video game production. If a new console is coming out, for instance, um, suddenly that might change like everything. And there's always going to be suddenly some pressure to be like, we shouldn't be making, we should definitely, we should definitely be making this game for the new, the new Xbox, you know, and Mm -hmm. that might come with certain, certain expectations and or requirements that might require, you know, suddenly a restart you know, so it's not really necessarily about restarting because it needs to be cleaner, but it could mean redoing a lot of stuff. Another thing that happens a lot is, um, like for instance, um, you know, maybe someone decides that suddenly we shouldn't be, we should change engines, and it's like, <laughs> oh my god, here we go, and and that's another good example of suddenly, wow, like, but to to speak directly to your question, which is not necessarily about something profound like changing the technology, but like it is just set up badly. This is a huge problem in the game industry because what ends up happening is people, uh, the games will usually game productions will typically in pre-production do what are called prototypes to features and prototypes, uh, depending on who builds them could be built with duct tape and glue and spit, like anything they got people going lying around. And if the project doesn't actually end up taking the time to properly redo that feature, because it's like, well, we're, we're, we're already late. We got to no time to stop for gas. We are, we get, we're already late. That, 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 unfortunately that attitude tends to put uh, productions into these tricky scenarios. And then suddenly technical directors are looking at that question you just wrote there and staring it really long into the face because it's like, that ends up being like, well, what's the risk? So they start running the numbers. They literally try to calculate whether it's more better off time-wise to actually reconfigure and re, and re, um, you know, re, uh, re, refactor the whole the whole thing or whether they should just scrap it and start from scratch it really depends on how much more they have to build on top of that feature it depends it's, it's a very complicated question that a lot of people are going to have a uh, sort of their their argument and their voice heard on and it's going to go one way or the other so it might not always be your choice unfortunately but yeah yeah, uh, I would say, sorry, I got distracted by Sergey's mm. question that I'll be very tempted to, to answer <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> yes, um, floating heads, actually. He's uh, conducting an experiment. 
that's the difficult exercise. What you mentioned is how long is it going to take to fix this bad setup and how much time are you going to, 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 to gain uh, by it? So, and that's even something that you can apply to a rig that you're animate, uh, animating, for instance. Uh, I don't have this tool, so it literally takes me eight clicks to do this one thing. Uh, we should really... I don't want to keep doing this uh, over and over in the production, so we should fix that. So usually it's like, okay, well, how long do you do this? Well, I do this twice a week, okay? How long does it take you? Uh, no, no, eight seconds. It's annoying, all right? 16 seconds a week. How long is it going to fix to uh, take to fix? Five hours? It's probably not uh, worth it. This is often how th those things ends up being uh, uh, decided, I, is it worth it uh, or not? But of yep. course, this is all based on the very subjective totally. analysis of people that on top of that, when we're talking about, uh, you know, fixing an engine, a game engine, or replacing yep. part of a game engine by a new team that was not yep. involved with the development and they have their own idea of oh, what come it, on, that it, would it never happen. There. Of course not. <laughs> but that's, uh, yeah, that's why it's a it's a tricky uh, tricky question yeah it is um, it's you, if you're the one making the decision you have to be honest with yourself and ask yourself what do i need this thing to do can i get it done like this and and how much time would it take to get there because at the end of the day it's different when you're working on your own personal project because you are free to you know, make that call and, and just because you can. But when you're on the job, there's it could be blocking lots of other people and other departments to take a little longer to do the refactor. Trust me, animation departments always get screwed by this because it's like, um, we need to make a change to the rig because all these other people need it or because to make our lives easier, we need to do it. But then that means we have to like put a new character in there and then we have to like, you know, re-export everything and then in the meantime the game's completely broken and the designers are losing their minds because they can't play the game the play test that was booked for next week is now cancelled and you're the a-hole for actually you know doing it's like it can be a kind of a disaster and so it affects more than just you so it's there's more weighing in on that decision than just whether it's the right thing to do or not because the right thing is not necessarily so black and white and when you mm. have that kind of layers of stuff on top but uh, yeah welcome yeah. to the industry <laughs> or should I say circus? So we should just—I should just play circus music every once in a while, just to give everyone a little taste. Yeah. You, you want to bring circus question? That, that that's sure. Yeah. One. Okay. I'll, I'll okay. just just in thirty seconds. Inquiring minds want to know. Okay. Uh, David. I, honestly, it's because it's not the first one to to ask me. No, those are not aquarium. The, those. This is a shelf with little LED lights that you know I can set up uh, any color. And what is in here? Uh, I have. A lovely, it's, basic, okay. it, it's basically like a little museum of some of the production that I worked on. So that's my little Po nice. from Kung Fu Panda 2 Never uh, heard of him. that I worked on. That was pretty cool. I have here I have my Heavy little... What's it made out of that thing? Is it like ceramic or resin or something? Or uh, I, I don't know. It, it seems like hard uh, plastic, but oh, yeah, that, that's okay. pretty heavy. Good. So I, I'm not yeah, sure. It looks good. Oh, I just noticed it's a... 183 out of 650 Ooh. for all the uh, production crew. I have my little DSX character, nice. another franchise that I, I worked on. What did I have? Oh, God. I'm going to try to not 
like this one, my little Tomb Raider oh, yeah. character there, which is basically the last production I did at ADAS yeah. Montreal, like this one. So, yeah, my little Adam yeah, Jensen bubblehead. <laughs> yeah, I got one of those kicking around here. <laughs> so that's yeah, a little, a little bit of everything like art books and and all that related with uh, animation. Nice. That's what David, it is. The David Bear tour. Yep. <laughs> I would have I would have left it a mystery so people could have just imagined the things back there and we, we would have never known but now it's less exciting to me David I can't like I know that's that, totally that's how we roll we, we have no secrets oh Sergey's got another question he thinks oh, just God. because he asked cool questions about your background <laughs> he's gonna let me I'm gonna bring up his other question I uh, you know what I'll I'll bite I'll bite Question, Agora community seems like a really amazing idea and resource. Could you could that be something that takes away from already traditional quote unquote animation schools? Or are you planning to possibly open an Agora animation school cool. at some point? At some point. Uh, that's a question that we one of the first thing that we ask ourselves uh, when we started to talk about uh, Agora community was, you know, where what do we want to to bring that doesn't already uh, exist. Uh, and one of the first thing that we agreed on is there's already a, a lot of <laughs> online animation school out there. Yes, we could be one more, but you know what what else are we going to 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 bring? So I think it was more the uh, idea of not necessarily uh, starting a school but uh, finding a way a platform mm -hmm. that would provide affordable one-on-one -on -one, um, mm. um, uh, uh, connection with top people from the uh, from the industry, and then like, well, we could also create some content and put it for for free on the platform. Oh, look at that! We have all those friends and collaborators that that we know that are also interested for uh, them to allow us to uh, uh, to to share uh, their uh, their. Their material on the uh, on the library, so it's slowly one thing being built uh, uh, after the the other. Uh, is it going to replace traditional uh, animation school? Uh, we don't really see it uh, that way. We think more as an ecosystem, and you have the brick and mortar tradition school, you have the online school, you have the private mentoring that people are starting to uh, to do. There are some that are just learning out of video that are on, on YouTube, and we're going to be one new option uh, uh, out there that is uh, that is going to take uh, 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 its place. Um, so yeah, this is how. At the same time, we are. You know, the way that we approach it is go with the flow. We start with a vision and then we adjust course uh, uh, over time. So what is going to be the final realization of it? Uh, it it's not completely clear, <laughs> but I think it's definitely going to be providing a new different option out there yeah. for those that want to learn, starting with animation, but eventually a lot of other expertise. That is going to be a an hybrid between the... Uh, online admission school and just going on YouTube and basically trying to figure out it out by yourself is sweet spot. That's going to be way more affordable than online school, but way more organized and supported with the community than just by yourself trying to look at, at YouTube videos. So hopefully that's a, a new sweet spot that we'll be um, covering for that. Brent, what yeah, do you we, think? We were really trying to fill the gap, fill a gap that we, we perceived, which was, 
what happens between schools and what happens maybe after school. Um, we had no ambitions to try to interrupt that. We were kind of, we, 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 we didn't like it, like David said, like why, why go in competition with all these other schools? Like it doesn't make any sense. We didn't really want to do that. What we saw was an opportunity to have a place where people could, um, be part of a community, something bigger than themselves, be able to network and be able to like connect without having to go to a school all the time to do that, I think is the key. Um, I, I mean, we don't have structured lessons and, you know, like a weekly sort of like, um, you know, uh, class that to go to, um, that that's not, that's not what we started to do. Like, I'm not, and I'm not saying that we won't do kind of workshops and stuff. And we do, we've been talking a lot about doing things like this. Um, but we, but we, the, the, the main theme was to try to provide it as a resource for people to learn at their own pace. Um, and, and then whenever they felt like they needed some feedback, or even if they just wanted some, some career advice, they'd have a means to do that. Um, if that's all they really needed, you know, there's a lot of people out there that just wanted to working, um, you know, uh, already, and they just, they want to continue working on their skills. They, it's not a viable option for them to like, you know, suddenly have to go back to school while they're working. It's not, it doesn't make any sense, but so where do they go? Where do these people go where they just want to like learn or continue to, you know, sharpen their skills. A lot of those people are competing in, um, challenges like 11 second club. And 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 challenge. These are really good places to go to keep themselves sharp. But that's just really giving them a challenge. It's not really necessarily get putting them in a position where they can soak up a bunch of cool tips and other ideas and maybe network with a bunch of people that are like minded that work at other companies that might lead to another job in another place. Like this is the thing, right? And like David said, we're trying. We're we're like literally figuring it out as as we go. Like it's we're taking a lot of feedback from the community. We get questions like this that make us reflect again on like where where is it going? It's interesting timing because David and I just had a little powwow just really recently to talk about okay so like we have these check-ins every once in a while these reality checks and we take a look at the pulse of what's going on right now and what do we really need to do and where does it need to go and where where, where, do the, where does the energy need to to be placed in order to uh to, to 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 build some energy and some momentum behind some of the things so um so yeah you're catching us on one of those uh, so i'd like to think that we're going to start to see a bunch of other kind of things kind of invigorate um and start to materialize and um and that usually comes from these little moments where we kind of reflect and just you know and, and we don't we don't we didn't have a, like a precise idea in our head and that's just how i think david and i both roll like we kind of we start in a direction that we think we, we our instincts are, are telling us to go in and then we just learn as we do it and learn what works and what doesn't work and we do more of the stuff that does and hopefully less of the stuff that doesn't so yeah, it's a, it's a really good question and it, it strikes the heart of what it is. And I think the interesting thing is, is what it, what it is, is it's already what, what it needed to be in many ways. And that is a community. I mean, a lot of you, I see in here almost every single time we do a stream and I'm sorry for those who did show up late. It, I don't know what's up with that discord bot. Um, it, it tends to be really late sometimes. Like sometimes I've seen it and notify people after the stream is done, which is really dumb. I really highly recommend you actually add Agora Community's Twitch channel um, to like to your like your Twitch account. You should set up a Twitch account and then use their, because then it'll just pop up right on your phone, uh, the Twitch notification when we go live. It might be a more reliable way to know when we go um, on air. But, um, but yeah, no, I mean... It, uh, I think it's, it's, it, it can go a lot of different directions and we are not necessarily against anything as long as it works, um, for, for all of you, you know, that's yeah. what it's there for in the first place. Right. Yeah. Uh, I think the, the idea will always remain to democratize knowledge basically. Yeah. And <clears throat> so let's create all this material and provide it to everyone. And if you need 
time from someone that's going to help you specifically on your project, on whatever you're doing, on your animation, then we will have a system to uh, allow this. That 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 will remain at the heart of everything that we're, yeah. that we're doing. That's for yeah. sure. One one thing you can definitely look out for, which is interesting because it is pretty close to the like the heart of this question. The learning paths uh, they were put in there kind of haphazardly they, they were missing a couple of the key features the playlists they're still not done they will be done soon when the playlists are there i i uh, i'd like to think that we're going to start really doubling down on that and really putting more in there mm -hmm. i'm already in the process of starting to think about like what are the next ones that should go in there i really want to make sure dave and i both really want to put some very early entry kind of stuff like where like you're just starting how to animate what are some what, what are some like how do i get going you know what i mean like literally really early stuff um, for those who are really interested in just just discovering what animation is. And then from there, you could maybe take a course because you know you really like it now. You could go to a school. Um, you could continue trying to learn a little bit on your own here, like whatever whatever tickles your fancy and whatever, whatever makes sense for you financially and like whatever your sort of life schedule is like. But um, yeah, we want to do a lot of those. And they'll be a little bit more accessible once they are once we have a bit more of the tools online to set them up and organize them. Um, but uh, like yeah. including, we want to have like calls to action. Like um, um, Marco has these in his, which is like you know recommended exercises. You know, the idea is, okay, so you've learned this, you've listened to it, try this, try doing this, try doing this. And the cool thing is, is that obviously is great because if you wanted to do it and you wanted to get some feedback, Marco, by the way, is uh, going to be rolling on as a reviewer very, very soon. So you could tap him directly and be like, how did I do? I watched your, your learning path. I tried the thing you told me to try. Am I doing it right? And he could be like, yes, you are, or maybe not so much, or maybe pretty close. Mm -hmm. And like, that's kind of exactly how you learn, right? You, you, you learn something, you try it, and then someone's got to tell you, whether you're doing it right or not. So we're kind of trying to close the loop. Yeah, uh, I think that's the that's a good thing. Uh, on one side, we're giving a lot of uh, our time in trying to create this amazing uh, uh, platform and you know all the content is available for everyone. Uh, <laughs> at the same time, we're doing this literally on our free time. So <laughs> does so, it show? <laughs> so it means that it's getting there, but you yeah. know, it's not going to happen overnight. Every yeah. month or every other month, slowly we're going to have new features and eventually we'll look back three years and like, oh my God, we have all of this and we're still yeah. continue to develop. So oh, it's yeah. going to be a slow but consistent uh, uh, grinding motion yeah. forward towards uh, where we believe that it can. Yeah. Uh, Although... Can the topic of conversation with David and I, full transparency, was how can we maybe put a bigger fire under it so we can actually try to drive a little bit faster? Because, you know, we we see that the demand is there. People really want to see more of the sort of functionalities that we wanted to put in there too. But it uh, does require, like, it's it's not a small job. Like, it's a, it's a pretty big undertaking, as you can already see. Like, I mean, with all the kind of content, um, all the live streams are always happening. It's, it's, a, it's a lot of moving parts. And um, it requires someone to be constantly stoking that fire and pushing so uh, yeah. we're kind of going to be putting a bit more pressure um, to be able to do some more of that stuff so let us know how we're doing don't be don't be shy send us some fee feedback if you feel like there's new stuff going in there that you think is going in the right direction or the wrong direction we'd love to hear it yeah all right let's take a last question yes, that is not from sergey this time yeah so. no problem <laughs> sergey like mr mr domination of the of the airwaves i'm gonna go with someone from the backlog only because i'd like to try to tick off more of those orange cells if that's okay unless you have a favorite in chat that you'd like me to ask 
I saw a question five minutes ago, but now it's down the, oh, the okay. chat. So I'm, I'll you, do another one here. Do go for it. Nothing against you, people, lovely, amazing people in chat. I just I'm trying to take a more balanced approach to this, um, so that I don't. Oops, what the hell just happened? Oh, there we go. Um, so that I, I we at least make some sort of progress on the um, backlog front. Okay, so we have a question from. <sighs> Alopez Bettenkurt. <laughs> How did I do? It's a career-based question. And uh, this wonderful person had asked, how can I become a cinematic animator? What do I need to learn um, and show on my reel? Hmm. Very specific question. Yeah, well, I would say cinematic animation is not very far from uh, feature uh, animation but in a sense that you know you control the camera you there's you know basically all the the rules of performance and cinematography and they they, they apply it's just that they are within the storyline of a game instead of a, yeah. a movie um so it, it's more most of the cinematics is uh, a lot the big production there's a lot of realistic humanoid uh, uh, animation in there i mean it's not just that but a big portion of it is going to be shot with either motion capture or performance capture with you know human uh, uh, actor so i would say definitely showing uh facial animation sometime is uh, mocap and sometime it's not so i would say good solid realistic facial animation is definitely something that they will be uh, looking at um if you have realistic keyframe uh, uh animation uh that's great to showcase uh, as well i would probably encourage that you show your reference if you used a reference for for it so or you you just make obvious somewhere especially if it's very well executed that this is not mocap that this is keyframe animation based on you know um um, analysis that you've uh, that you've done on uh, of reference. Um, so yeah, I, I would say just good realistic humanoid animation in, in general is probably for most uh, uh, studio looking for cinematic animators. Those would be the main thing that they would be. Uh, looking for and i'd say one big difference that i would find in cinematics on average compared to like what like like long format feature film stuff like dreamworks and pixar and you know disney and all those amazing studios do um would be that you're probably more likely to encounter more action sequences in a video game cinematic just because of the nature of the you know most games are you know tend to be action-packed not all of course but but many um, and so make sure you got your bases covered, make sure you're showing some good, you know, dramatic scenes or some good acting going on in there. Um, and make sure that you're doing some that, um, have a lot more, like a lot of movement so that, um, people feel like you're versatile and not just only like a one trick pony. Um, mm -hmm. uh, something really, um, fun happened. Well, fun. I, it was a topic that I ended up lamenting on, uh, during the, uh, the Sunday review last weekend. And it was uh, something, it's a bit of a pet peeve of mine um, when it comes to acting sequences that people are doing to put on the reels. This is a phenomena that I see often happening with places like especially 11 Second Club because 11 Second Club, their their shtick has been from the beginning. Um, they have an audio clip and people then animate to that audio clip. 
Unfortunately, too many animators uh, can't resist the urge to have, they have a cool idea that feels like a good fit for the audio clip when you read it. But then when you hear it coming out of the character, it doesn't have a good fit. And so I was talking this weekend about the job is to to make like it, the uh, when you're when you're working on a professional performance and there's someone who's got professional audio recording the performance is already there it's not to say that you don't have some leeway and latitude to be able to like you know imagine that performance in in in, in a couple of slightly different directions but but there's there's a truth to it that is unavoidable and if you do not adhere to that truth it will not feel right at all and uh, some people do it for a good laugh and i've even seen 11 second club uh, entries win with what i would consider a very very terrible like anchoring to the dialogue like it's a really bad bad fit um, because, you know, because the community voted for it because they thought it was really funny, but it wouldn't pass the, the test on, on a future film ever because the, that's the job or even cinematics. So make sure that if you are doing acting stuff that you are trying to show truth to the performance. If you have a good audio clip that you're working off of, like try to understand the truth and the motivations and the agendas of the characters that you're hearing um, and try to reverse engineer that so that you're doing something that feels like it's going to fit um, because yeah. otherwise... It might be good for a laugh, but maybe not good for a job. Yeah. Um, that's it. I guess that's our question. Do you have do you have something else you want to say? No, I just wanted to to mention, but to reiterate that there, since there's so much uh, motion capture that that goes, oh, yeah. if you have if you have that experience, and Honestly. I think that Brent, that's something that you've mentioned, how to properly show mm. uh, uh, motion capture yeah. in a clip, like. Yeah. Like ideally, maybe the before and after yeah. that you did something because just it could don't be put unclear. it on there. Like I, I, you'll get at least a half a point for at least telling me that it's mocap. You, you'd be surprised how many people don't even do that. And then if you do, then for sure show some sort of delta. I'm interested in the difference between what you started with and what you ended up with. Because how do I know? Just just by saying motion capture, okay, cool. Does that's not that doesn't get you like a that's not a get out of jail free card. That's okay, okay. You got me interested. I'm gonna sh I'm interested to see what you're going to show me, but I'm going to be honestly asking myself, what did you do? You know, yeah. like, because it could be hardly anything and you just like literally hit the render button. So yeah, show I mean, us. Nowadays, especially now there, there, you can have glove and all that. There are some oh, yeah. mocap properly clean that you literally have nothing to do. Yeah. Especially so, optical mocap. It's very, very, very good right out of the, right out of the can, especially if the technicians know what they're doing, retargeting out of the characters, it's going to be good. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I know that we were going to ask another answer another question, but I'm going to do it really quickly because Sergey, although having um, already asked a bunch of really good questions, he did ask one really, really good, important question that I think we should address uh, because it is about Agora community and it's about the review process, something that we should probably talk a bit more about because I feel like um, not people don't necessarily understand the, the review process um, as well as I would hope they do. The question was, um, is so there Brent, a limited... Oh, yeah, sorry, you, Brent, do you want you to, to bring go? it? No, no, oh, no. Oh, yeah, Do sorry, yeah, good point. Yeah, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, good point. Um, so is there a limited amount of reviews? Like if someone is doing a shot, can he or she ask for more than one feedback? Yes, absolutely, 100% yes. And this happens actually quite a bit now. Um, I've had a few repeat customers. I know some of the other reviewers have as well. And I love it when that happens. Because you can, you, if you can establish a, a rapport with one of your uh, reviewers that, and you like the way they give you the feedback and, and you feel like you're able to act on that feedback, Go ahead and do it again, like like do, by all means. Like I mean, you know, you, you know, you might not have bottomless pits in your pockets for money. Of course, it costs money to do the review, but like, you know, you don't have to do it every two seconds. But like, you know, maybe showing them a block or a rough of it, getting some good feedback from that point of view, and then okay, cool. Let me incorporate that in. Try to polish it up, and then see how you know, because that's gonna 
that's going to help close the deal, I think, in many cases, depending on what kind of stuff you're trying to show. So yeah, I highly encourage you to send it again or even send it to another person on purpose for a second opinion even. Like it's whatever you want. There's no, yeah, you 100%, you can come as many times as you want. We'll look at it as many times as you want to send it to us. Yeah, and you can send the same animation to two different reviewers. Yeah. Uh, as you said, if you send it, let's say to Brent and to Samantha Youssef, you yeah. will most probably have... Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, feedback that are yeah. focusing on different yeah. part of uh, yeah. of animation, so that could be another. And great if you want, if you want to see some serious fireworks on the review, tell us that you sent it to like you know, tell me that you're sending it to Sam, tell Sam that you're sending it to me. That way, we're going to be competing against one another. <laughs> I want to do better than Sam. I can't let her steal the show. There's no way I'm not going to stand for it. So maybe you'll get you'll squeeze more energy out of us this way, and you sneaky little. Some uh, guns. I feel that we have a new segment for our next 24 hour challenge. <laughs> yeah. That's going the battle of the totally. reviewers. That's it. That is. That's a good Each idea. Each reviewer has one minute and they're voted by the community. And yep. if you're voted out, well, it's a tournament. You're out. That's it. You're the you're the weakest link. I'm yes. Just, I'm, I'm not going to compete. The best way to win that game is to not win, not play at all. Let me tell you that right now. Okay. So David, thank you for showing up to Q and a, as always, always a pleasure to have you. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll see you. I see you later. It's getting close to your bedtime. So you should probably go and uh, yeah, I'll go back in my box. That's it. Perfect. All right. Talk to you later, bud. See ya. Okay. So, uh, thanks for showing up chat. Um, sorry for the late, um, the extra late discord, uh, notification. I'll see if I can get that fixed. I bet you there's a better one we can use. We're using me six, uh, right now. And it's the one the responsible for that. It's just, I've asked them, I went to their discord channel. I was like, what's up with the friggin' ridiculously late, um, notifications. I don't know what that's all about. And, uh, they're like, I don't know what you're talking about. And I was like, okay, I can't be the only one. So I don't know. I'm going to, I'll see if I can get to the bottom of it or switch it out for a different bot that does the notifications. Um, I, or maybe even do a different, something completely different. I mean, I know that it's all based on webhooks essentially. And I just don't know what we, what, what you need to hook into. Um, it's whatever, like it's like it, these streams, when they go live on something like Twitch, they send out some sort of broadcast that you can technically theoretically look listen for and then just trigger an announcement so maybe a little bit of homework will uh, yield a better more reliable system but like i said um and i think some i think some people already commented on this uh this advice that you can use twitch um as a better notification it just pops it right up on your phone um but some apparently that's even a little bit late so your best bet is to subscribe to the, the Google calendar. That way you'll get like your own Google calendar is going to tell you, oh, hey, in a half an hour, Brent and David's going to go live on a Q&A and then you just show up. That's probably the most reliable way that you could possibly have if you don't want to catch or don't want to miss um, a, um, a particular stream. Speaking of particular streams, we do have my um, my old friend Troy Quain coming in this uh, on Thursday. Um, the exact hour I don't have handy. I know it's in the afternoon. Let me just take a look. Troy Quain is with us um, Thursday, the 29th at 5 p.m. Um, Eastern Standard. And uh, he is um he just finished ship well not, not just it was a while ago now but he was the co-director for spies in disguise so that'll be an interesting conversation um i've seen him a couple times like he so full disclosure um he he and i both went to I, i'm pretty sure he went to sheridan college I'm, yeah of course he did he went to sheridan college but he was quite a ways ahead of me um he um so he was already a pretty well established animator in the toronto area when i was just like you know mr like you know, much, much younger version of me, watch a lot more hair. Um, 
and um, so he he was actually one of the lucky ones that got a job at Disney Toronto uh, when it opened up, which was pretty cool because um, he was definitely one of the better animators in the area. And um, his wife is actually also um, uh, at, well, at the time. I don't know if she's still doing it like today, but uh, she was a, a cleanup artist, one of the best ones. She was super highly regarded in Toronto. Like it's if you have Vittoria on um, your team, it's like the drawings were going to be immaculate. Um, but uh, yeah, they were like a power couple in the animation industry in Toronto. Uh, but he has since since moved on and worked at quite a few different places. Um, his most recent place being um, uh, he was at um, he was over at Blue Sky when uh, putting out uh, Spies in Disguise. So he's got lots of stories I'm sure to tell on his journeys. So please tune in for us on that Thursday talk. It'll be a, a nice little reunion for me and um some um you know a nice uh nice way to get to meet uh, a really really like humble very down-to-earth um awesome animator turn director um and for you because uh, i think he's somebody you should know about and um i think he's uh he's got a lot a lot of important things to say so i'll see you there hopefully in the meantime please do enjoy the rest of your week stay animated and um yeah, just take care of yourself. Stay healthy and all that jazz. Um, see you on Thursday. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this episode. We hope you got a lot out of it. Agora Community is a free resource for artists in the animation, visual effects, and gaming industries, providing daily educational material, free rigs, and assets. We also have a range of experts you can purchase affordable animation reviews from to help you level up your skills. You can check it all out at agora.community. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn for updates on upcoming conversations and free animation quick tips. So, until next time, stay tuned and stay animated.